This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty right here on 95.5 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Except for football season, I move around, but not today. I'm on from 3 to 6 today, so enjoy it. If you've missed any of it, you can tune in to my producer and I, Binkley, do a podcast every day by 4 o'clock. Uh, you can get it at thepropreport.com, and we're going to have this show posted all week long and when we get to the snowden stuff that's going to be we're going to talk about edward snowden's interview lecture to joe rogan a suspiciously willing audience on uh in in this show and we i did a companion to that with pete from freeman beyond the wall he's going to put that out at midnight sunday so monday morning first thing you can get that so next week we're really going to get into the snowden thing it was a very interesting extension of what's the next step. I feel like I think Snowden was a psychological operation that he's there to affect. He's like a Pied Piper, like I think Mark Zuckerberg is. I just think these people are there to get our buy-in on how they're going to shape this digital space, that they are more and more is becoming the public sphere for political engagement, for economic livelihoods, for even romance and family and everything. So there we are being sucked into the digital space and these guys are there to get us to cooperate with how it's shaped. So I want to get into that. And, but I wanted to just, it, it that I felt very strongly dovetailed with a memo that came out from Bill Barr last week, as well as a bill that was proposed by Texas Republican Cornyn. So these are all Republicans and this stuff are basically pre-crime measures that identify a person based that has not done anything wrong, who has, quote, ambiguous intent, has manifested some ambiguous intent online mostly. And I think what they're going to do is use cutting edge, different uh, experimental approaches. That's what Bill Barr said to law enforcement on how to identify these people and what and corral them and coerce them into submitting to anything from incarceration to monitoring. And if you look at the Cornyn bill, you see how they're handling it at schools is by monitoring internet usage to identify kids who they think have behaviors or attitudes that might lead to some kind of violence. Now, my fear is that if what you're talking about is what they're labeling as domestic terrorism, that includes and has been written in government documents to include anti-government sentiment, so-called conspiracy theories. I mean, how are you supposed to resist an increasingly tyrannical government if you can't question their motives and analyze their activities? It just it doesn't make sense. And you can't if you're called a domestic terrorist for questioning the government that and that makes you. That that is classified as treason. Treason is a capital offense. And one of the things Cornyn wants to do is to accelerate the ability to put people to death for this stuff. That's in the bill. So and Barr has championed that as well. 
And Barr has also championed using a backdoor in consumer products to bypass encryption. That's going to dovetail into what I think the punchline is with the Snowden book tour, world tour, wherever he's going. But one of the mechanisms that I fear they're going to use, or I should say I expect they're going to use, and I think they probably already use it, is, for example, this thing called Storyful, which I saw in a Wall Street Journal article this week where they were talking about ISIS putting beheading videos on the teen popular app TikTok. So you put little videos up and ISIS would cut somebody's head off and then throw confetti so you didn't see the actual ending. Like that was what was in the the article. And I was like, what is Storyful? Because it was mentioned as a social media intelligence company owned by Rupert Murdoch since, ni- since 1913. <laughs> <laughs> He's maybe. like, Mr. Mr. Burns, yeah. <laughs> so no, since 2013, yeah, maybe it's possible. But I want to tell you a little bit about this. Now, Binkley, you had identified Storyful a while back, but we can't remember why, right? Yeah, I think oh, it was I something related was, yeah. to Stacey Abrams. I think they were one of the verification programs where they claimed to be able to train people to verify whether or not a photo is legitimate online or whether it's fake. Yeah, I think this is going to dovetail with the deep fake stuff. I do. Yeah. And what's going to happen with the deep fake stuff is you're absolutely it's going to complete the circle that psychology the the hijacking or creation of whichever psychology and sociology started where you're supposed to With psychology and sociology, you're supposed to question what seems like cause and effect. You're supposed to say, you know what, there are intervening causes, society or your psyche, that makes the obvious cause and effect, like welfare promotes laziness. Like That's just anti-psychological, anti-sociological, right? You you don't want – people aren't – if you understood the human psyche, you wouldn't think that getting free money would make people – want to take it and not work, that people get a sense of self-esteem from working and they're not working because they can't work, not because they don't want to work. So that's really what it's there. I think, I mean, that's probably kind of a blunt way of putting it. I don't, I'm not really actually even, I've never known any, I haven't known people who have engaged in welfare fraud. I have known people who have used welfare, but I'm just saying it definitely exists and it exists because the cause, the cause and effect of getting money and not having to work for it. If you want to intervene with that. Okay. But anyway, so the deep fake thing is going to be a way where now never believe your eyes unless you verified it with an authorized verification program. And I think Storyful is going to be one of those things as a matter of Certified. So let me skip to, I'm going to tell you where it came from, but let me just skip to, since we're talking about that, uh, one of the things that it does, it says it makes sense of global news and events. This is from their website. It says, making sense of eyewitness accounts across the entire digital ecosystem. See, I mean, the digital space is our new habitat. And verifying their origins under immense time pressure requires a sophisticated understanding of social media. So they're saying that they are helping media clients understand the stories they're investigating by telling them what to think about. <laughs> Don't they call this stovepiping? Yes. Yes. And they and here comes the censorship. Misinformation and disinformation add another layer of complexity perilous for any newsroom and publisher's reputation. 
We partner with the world's leading media brands to verify and authenticate content and information with unparalleled speed and accuracy. You are going to have no liability if you get the author. I have this problem myself. If I read to you on this show, Wall Street Journal headlines, there's no risk to me, even if it's completely untrue. There's no risk to me whatsoever. Because it's within the paradigm, it's accepted, it's vetted, blah, blah, blah. But if I read something from an unvetted website that I can actually verify with evidence, I can, I will have to defend it to the last and still might not even win if they're just like, well, you could try to defend it. Or, and if you lose, because we're going to withhold evidence, exculpatory evidence, you could go to jail for a thousand years. So... Just plead guilty and go to jail for 11 days, make everybody grill cheeses, and we'll call it a day. That's a Felicity Hoffman reference. I, I really just have this image of her. Be, her good behavior was being like a great mom on the inside. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I see it the other way. I think she had to lead a prison gang. Oh, you think that she that, that got her out that early? That got her out early, behavior? yeah. Strong-armed her way out. <laughs> she paid, gave somebody a carton of cigarettes. So that's the that's the the censorship element of it. But the way it started, it says it was supposed to be a social media newswire, but it to break news faster. So I want to. This also folds into the Snowden thing. News is not break is not going. Pete from Freeman Beyond the Wall said that they're slowing down information, and that was very interesting. Help me crack the code on the Snowden stuff. So let's make sure we get to that. So it says it was acquired by 2013. It utilizes social content to add context to reporting. It has evolved into a premium social media service for media marketing communications, and they are leaders in social media contextualization and verification. Here's the kicker, and Binkley, you're going to play that clip I asked for to verify, to tie this up in a bow. We believe social media is the key to a deeper understanding of global events and cultural phenomena. Our goal is to help our partners understand the attitudes, behaviors, and emotions behind the conversations and movements shaping the world. So they're saying that they are are telling people, they're looking at social media so that they can inform their media clients what the news they're finding really means. Mm -hmm. But I think that social media is is manipulated by the powers that be, by media companies or big tech or whatever, in order to get us to think that we're seeing that that this is the zeitgeist, but it isn't. And I think, tell me in five seconds what this clip is, who's saying it, and then play it. This clip is... This clip is from – it just slipped my mind. Yeah, the exactly. U.S. Army. Yes. Was it U.S. Army college? It was a college uh, It was a college Army warfare college. podcast, and it was a former yes. military commander. It's the U.S. Army college, I think. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just asked for that clip in one second, but you can play it right now, I think. For me, it was they have an entire fake um, intranet, I guess you would call it, but like a fake Twitter, a fake Facebook um, that the military leaders were having to go on and – kind of address, um, you know, do counter propaganda messaging and, and shape, shape the information operations, uh, you know, to kind of keep the locals, you know, on their side, basically. And I think when we, especially when you look at that through the light of, Hey, how did the Arab Spring start? It started on Twitter. You know, how are Ukrainians and, and, and Russians alike communicating on the Ukraine front right now? It's WhatsApp, it's Twitter, it's Facebook. Um, they're even, the Russians are even, you know, doing targeting 
based off of, hey, if you're popping up on Facebook or Twitter at the, at the wrong place, you're, you're probably going to get shelled on your location. So they're, they're kind of introducing all these very modern elements and, and the things that we see from Russia, even, you know, when you look at like election meddling and things like that of, hey, if you're going to fight this conventional near peer threat like Russia, uh, then you have to address the information space, the cyberspace, the social media space, because that can influence the fight just as much as the tanks on the ground or the soldiers on the battlefield. So when he said it was a fake digital universe, that's because it's training. They're training to do it in the real world, and they're using the excuse that Russia does it first, the same reason that we were using MK Ultra, the same excuse we use for using gas in World War One. This is not us. This is not what we do. But how are we supposed to win this evil enemy if we don't adopt evil means? In which case, like, why even, why even win? But so let's let's go to break. But. Uh, so I believe that this stuff shapes it and that this is this is the world we're headed to. And but what we're headed to is some uh, interesting Snowden reveals right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that on 95.5 WSB Atlantis News and Talk. We were just wrapping up on this idea of storyful as a storyful social media intelligence as something that like Bill Barr might use to identify people with ambiguous intent that he wants to incarcerate <laughs> without a without due process that's the latest but Binkley you pointed out so you we played a clip from what was the clip the clip was from the um, army war college and it was a military guy who was following training simulations that we're doing in Europe with Ukraine and others? Yeah, and so uh, we were using that to demonstrate that they use, they deliberately inject themselves into I.O., information operations, information warfare. They manipulate social media to change the opinion of the people who use social media. That's the United States government doing it for a good cause, they say. And then this storyful I was reading from says that they... Try they their clients are media who journalists who are in a hurry to put the news out and Storyful helps them shape the news to reflect the social media context that's emerging. And you had a great observation. Yeah. So trained propagandists are determining what gets on to social media and what predominates. And right. Then that's with, the war college yeah. guy. And then with Storyful, other trained propagandists are making sure the media knows exactly how to interpret this propaganda. Yes. Okay. So that brings us to the next topic, which is the Edward Snowden lecture on the Joe Rogan show. He is clearly, clearly a trained propagandist. As a matter of fact, he sounds like the people that you bring me on the think tank, just sanctimonious, living in a bubble, the, the, the jargon. It makes your skin crawl, right? That's one way of describing it, yeah. I can't I even knew. use the words I want to use to describe him. Yeah, people right? people don't I've always like he's always skeeved me, but now people are like, there is something seriously wrong with that guy. But if you like Snowden, listen to what we're saying. Hopefully you watch the Joe Rogan thing and we can have a dialogue about it. Uh four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty. But I got some clips. You might want to reserve judgment. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. 
I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 when I can take it, when I can get it. Not during football, though, but today I'm on until 6. So we've got lots of time. Uh, so Joe, uh, Joe Rogan had on his show Edward Snowden. So Joe Rogan is had the number two number of downloads on iTunes last year and the year before, if I got my stats right. Binkley, did, Joe Rogan's wildly popular as a podcaster, correct? Yes. Like, I, I think the number one thing is like NPR or something like not, not your kind of pickup podcast. Yeah. So I actually did an experiment to see if my mother knew who he was. And she said, I was surprised. She's like, I, I think I've seen him on TV. And I said, well, yeah, he was on TV. But she's like, why, why, why did he call you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. He did. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about that, Mom. <laughs> no, I uh, just wanted to know if you've heard of him. She's like, well, what, what does he do? I said, he's a podcast. So, oh, I don't. I, you're the only one I listen to. I don't even know how to work that internet thing. <laughs> so so then I was like, okay, but if you, if you did know how to work the internet thing, you would know who Joe Rogan was. I mean, I even know, and I, I'm really, I'm not his target audience, that's for sure. But by way of letting you, I think this one clip will make you understand what is just so cringy about this guy right now. And I want to just kind of set up a couple of things that make me scratch my head. Like, what is this guy's story? Is a story for real? And then I want to bring it to what I think the point is of his book tour here and his book, which I haven't heard anybody else really dig into that and kind of crack the code on it. So let's hear clip four. They mentioned you uh, and I was like, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Where do I know this name from uh, before Bernie Sanders? Um, And I look back through my, my Twitter mentions. um, And the funny thing is your fans have been uh, harassing (gasps) me to death. For like the last years, wonderful people, wonderful people. Uh, but like, go on Joe Rogan, go on Joe Rogan. And, and I remember, like, after I had just made a Twitter account, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson actually uh, helped me get on Twitter, um, gave me that little initial boost. And uh, they said Joe Rogan. And so I, they, like, linked you. And, you know, I, I mouse over your name because I use a desktop and not mobile for this because of security reasons. Uh, and it pops up, and I get your avatar, man. And, like, I have to say, your logo it's the worst thing in the world for people who are like trying to be like politically serious and you know they're worried about the <laughs> national security advisor condemning because like this bald guy with this maniacal grin and like the third eye on his forehead and I'm like oh man that show you know <laughs> that that doesn't look good but it's actually like when you watch you know when when you watch what you do it's great stuff man it's great but that first impression like I <laughs> this almost didn't happen but everybody who has talked to you you know everybody who watches your show i think they get a very different impression than how you paint it you know what bingley just occurred to me what that reminded me of and you as an actor probably gets this what do you remember the reservoir dog scene where he's in the bathroom practicing his pot story yeah that yeah that's what that scene is. Well, like, how many times do you think he practiced that scene with the maniacal? And when you watch it on YouTube and you see all the hand gestures and everything, the it, maniacal grin in the third eye. But when you listen to you, you know, it's it's good. It's so disingenuous. And he's reading the whole time. 
Oh, he's reading the whole time. You have to watch it. It's really, it had, I think it's, it was last I looked, which was a couple of days ago, it was up to 5 million views on YouTube. So he had it on. So a lot of people are watching it, but I'm sure many, many more million are listening in the uh, many, many more millions. And that reminded me of, so in the beginning of this, I want to hear clip 30. It reminded me of, the where he's like Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Where do I know that? Name? Did he call me? I don't. What is? What's his name? Who is that guy again? So that reminded me of this classic. Let's hear it. Clip thirty. Yeah. I said, how long? Nine years, hundred and eighty episodes. You gave it up, right? I did. Sir. They didn't cancel you. You canceled them. You're not aware of this? No, I'm asking you. You think I got canceled? Are you under the impression I, that I, I got canceled? You, I hurt you, Jerry? I thought don't, that was pretty well documented. Don't this is most a, shows is this still down. CNN? Don't most shows go down a little? Most people do also. You would, but, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I went off the air. I was the number one show on television, Larry. You were do you know who I am? <laughs> Jewish guy, Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. 75 what? million viewers last okay. episode. Were you? Don't take like it so canceled. bad. Well, that's a, the big difference between being canceled and being number one. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We'll be right back. Jeez. B-movie opens. <laughs> Larry was super mad. Is a resume in here for me? B-movie opens <laughs> tomorrow. Hey, we'll be right back. <laughs> it just keeps going. I know. I just love that, that clip. I just love it. But... It reminded me of that. Like, uh, who are you again? What? Who are you? It's yeah, but like, Seinfeld is authentic when he says it, and he has earned oh. his popularity. Oh, yeah. No, but I was likening Snowden to Larry King. Oh, like, okay. But it's uh, unbelievable that yeah, Larry yeah. King wouldn't know about Seinfeld. Right. And Snowden's like, I'm an 80-year-old. I don't know what's yeah. going on here. <laughs> yeah, he listens to Rogan every day, probably. Snowden. Yeah. Well, he said, like, I was living in a cave. I'm an indoor cat. I've been listening. All I do is if I have a screen, I'm happy. It's like if you are in exile in a room and all you have is a screen and you're a 30-something-year-old white guy, you're listening to Joe Rogan. Absolutely. Like, that's, because then later he makes a reference to Tulsi Gabbard being getting the Russia pot shot. And I'm like, okay, so you're that in touch with what's going on up to the minute on that. So it's not like you're disconnected, right? So that's so that I think lays the stage. And I have another one that I thought uh, would really. I think it was clip. Oh, I know it. There was one. I think it's clip eleven. Yeah. Tell me if you think this guy is telling a true story right now. Do a little math. Think about it. Visualize what he's saying. Listen to what he's saying about how big he is and how big the other guy is. Clip eleven. The army's like a whole chapter in the book. Uh, you you got your battle buddy right because they never allow you to be alone. You always got to have somebody watching you. Uh, they thought it was funny to put me. The smallest guy in the platoon, the, the drill sergeants did, uh, with the biggest dude in the platoon, who was like an amateur bodybuilder, was like, you know, 230 or 260, something like that. He was a big fellow. Uh, and so, you know, he would, uh, when we're off in the woods doing these these marches and things like that, and we have to practice buddy carries, like the fireman's carry and things like that, he throws me around uh, his neck, you know, I'm like a towel. He's just skipping down like it's nothing. Uh, and then I got to put him on me, and I'm just like, oh, God, dying. And it was, it was... It, 
it was weirdly fun. I, I enjoyed it, uh, but it was no good for my body. Should we play the previous clip where he says he was 120 pounds at that time doing a fireman's carry of someone 260 pounds with shin splints so that ultimately, and, and he did break both his legs jumping out of the top bunk, but not carrying this guy. But he says that he broke both legs to Joe Rogan, who's a, that one MMA thing fighter. he does know, right? It's how hard it is for your legs to dissolve underneath you. Yeah, Joe Rogan was like, both of your legs? Yeah, that's the one thing. He's like, you know, I'm super high, and they didn't write this in the script, but I don't think I can let you say this on my show. Yeah, I think when we say he's reading, he's literally reading clearly from a book or from a script the entire time. Right, and then the one time or two times that Joe actually asks something, inserts something, he says, oh, that's an excellent point. That brings me to my next point, which was definitely unrelated to the question that he's saying. So there's no there's no authenticity here. He's not being challenged at all. He's not being tested. His technology isn't being tested. His story, his narrative isn't being tested. Because at one point, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go into too many of the well, I mean, we could do it, but at one point he says that maybe clip six. Let's play. Let's if you can, you whip up clip six real quick. Clip six uh, is in direct contradiction. I did a ton of work on the Edward Snowden case. I know, or I used to know all about it. Then I got purged from WordPress and I lost all my media. So I can't go back to the audio that I had. I had tons and tons of audio work. I didn't write the blog post, but I did the work, and then I reported it and i can't get that now because i was kicked off wordpress and all that stuff was lost but i remembered that his story kept changing his origin story kept changing and that they, it would get purged for, the original sources were getting purged but i had mine and one of the things that i remember and i did find an article in the daily mail that talked about this is that he worked at a an anime company in from around the time of 911 that sold anime art. He was like a web designer for an anime company that had a few employees and weirdly had an address in Fort Meade. But this is, but clip six is a, is a different origin story. Let's hear it. I ran into somebody at the community college who ran their own home-based business uh, doing web design. And they could see I was kind of technical and they went, Hey, do you want to work for me? And I was like, well, that sounds great. Uh, and so I started doing web design really, really early on. This is like, uh, gosh, I don't know, probably uh, 1998 uh, vintage um, during the big boom and then uh, the collapse that followed. And the funny thing is she worked, uh, she was married uh, to an NSA analyst, uh, a linguist, right? Um, and so she lived on Fort Meade and she ran... Uh, her business out of their home on Fort Meade that's right up the street from the NSA. So before I'm even working there, uh, I'm driving past this building all of the time. So this contradicts what his original story, and there was some squishiness there. And the original Brian Williams interview, I think, also had a different narrative, which is where when I first kind of snapped to the fact that his story was changing. So... Uh, that there, I can't get that stuff now, but I remember it, and you can find some of it. This Daily Mail article I tweeted, but I'm just establishing here that this guy is what I've called before a created person. And if you look there in that article, that Daily Mail article, are, are these pictures of him 
as a youth, like a teenager, very kind of like gay porn kind of. That's what <laughs> it looks porn, like. Not porn, but like a it, prostitute. Photo. A little bit, but but I, I think they were modeling shots, and then and the reason I looked at it in that light, which it really looks like that, is that I just feel like he's acting, and I. I think he might have been an actor. I mean, I'm not even sure he's American. Like when you look at those pictures, that he just doesn't look American. He's wearing a belly shirt tank top. I mean, it's just strange. He looks like he's on Model Mayhem soliciting. Oh, really? I'm not familiar. <laughs> with that Neither song. am I. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's a website that models post pictures and stuff on and wannabe models and that kind of turned into a platform that oh. was like Craigslist uh, okay, personal. Okay. No, yeah. okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. And then, I mean, there's just things about him. Like he's got crooked teeth and I just thought he's got two parents who were federal employees his entire life with all that insurance and he grew up in the in Virginia like – He's he was born in 1983, so he's young and he's 15, according to that story. When he first got his first job as a, oh my god, or he was in community college. He was getting the dates confused. I noticed that he was like trying to do math in his head because Joe asked him a question. Can't be asking him questions anyway. I don't want to get too like that's just super super speculative. But I don't understand why this guy isn't crystal clear on what he did, what his narrative is, and why that stuff gets scrubbed. Kind of weird. Uh, so. So that's kind of like where what made me think this is this is a propaganda piece. We're being set up. This guy's created. He's got a um, an image that's that is continues to be molded. And then I want to get into some of the narrative he he lays out to try to get us to understand that the official narrative is basically true and the government is basically good. That's coming up next. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Yeah. Well, you know that's just like. Uh... Your opinion, man. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I am going to go to a call. Uh, Nefertiti on line two. You've got one minute. Can you tell us what you got in one minute? I just don't understand why people don't know that there are certain things out there that are phony. Because if you look between the lines, and you know what? Maybe I answer my own question. That's it. Do it. What? People aren't looking between the lines? They are. Because I I guess maybe because I always think of it this way. My dad told me there's two sides to every story and somewhere in the middle is the truth. I always find the middle. So I can generally, because nobody lies on the left. Nobody lies on the right. They just leave out the full truth. Well, that's interesting. The the find the truth someplace in the middle can be used as a weapon. And I'll tell you, I think that's what Snowden is about to dish out to us. Problem, reaction, the solution is somewhere in the middle. But I'm not sure it's a win-win. Might be a win-lose. We'll get to it right after the break. Thank you. This is Monica Perez.